The day is blessed, and men are blessed by it. Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of keeping the Sabbath. The Sabbath was to be observed by all within the nation of Israel. Don't miss it. They had to rest. In it you shall do no work. The livestock was to rest, nor your cattle. The alien was to rest, nor the stranger within your gate. Everybody. Because it's a blessing, not a restriction or a punishment. You understand? Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Remembering the Sabbath, Matthew Henry writes, One day in seven is to be kept holy. Six days are allotted to worldly business, but not so as to neglect the service of God and the care of our souls. Let's listen as Pastor Xavier continues our Simple Truths study series of the Ten Commandments with a message titled, God is to be obeyed for the Sabbath. The London costermongers told Lord uh, Shaftesbury, a member of the parliament and a committed Christian, that their donkeys, which rested one day in seven, could travel 30 miles a day with their loads. While those donkeys with, that worked seven days a week could only travel 15 miles a day. And so you lose 75 miles of travel each week by working your donkey every day and have a sick, seedy-looking donkey in the bargain. While you gain 3,900 miles of travel in a year and have a sleek, nice-looking donkey by running him according to the Ten Commandments. Now, God, who made both the man and the jackass, which I don't think there's much difference, um, knows what's best for both of them. We need a day of rest. If you look at all the problems of society and stress and, and illnesses and, and high blood pressure and everything else, we need to lighten up. You can only take so much. And your creator says, kick back one day. The Sabbath is based on two things, physical and spiritual. First, the physical, ceasing from work. Secondly, spiritual, celebrating in worship. This is the only commandment that's given to Adam prior to the fall. No other. As we continue in our series on the Ten Commandments then, we come to this fourth commandment, which is characterized by three things. Let me read verse 8 down to 11. He says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your sons, nor your daughters, nor your male servants, nor your female servants, nor your cattle, nor your stranger with, who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day, or the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. Here's the three things the fourth commandment is characterized by. First of all, in verse 8, the proclamation of the fourth commandment. He declares it. Secondly, verse 9 and 10, the explanation magnifying the fourth commandment. The explanation. And then thirdly, in verse 11, the interpretation for the fourth commandment, which is very, very important. 
Let's begin here with the proclamation for the fourth commandment. Look at verse 8. The fourth commandment is the first that is not in the negative. That's the first thing you notice here. The first three commandments were all in the negative. The first one, you should have no other God. Verse 3. The second one, don't make any carved images or idols and don't bow down to them. Verse 4 down to 6. For God will judge them to the third, fourth generation. He's a jealous God. And the third, of course, in verse 7. You should not take the name of the Lord God in vain, for God will not hold him guiltless. All in the negative. Now, as we've been telling you, there are only two in the positive. The first here in our text, the fourth regarding the Sabbath day, which is the last in the first table of the Ten Commandments. Verse 8 to 11. This again is the vertical axis, man's relationship to God. Very unique, very important, the source. Now, the second positive one is the fifth. In verse 12, dealing with honoring one's father and mother, which is the first In the second table of the Ten Commandments, the horizontal plane, man's relationship to man. The problem is we try to get along with each other without God. That's impossible because each of us think we're God. Clash of the Titans. (laughs) Now, notice the connection between these two positive commandments. You can't miss it. The fourth commandment looks back. In confirmation of the first, that Yahweh is the only God, the creator of man and everything. The fifth commandment looks forward as the affirmation that Yahweh will judge all the wicked deeds of man. The first table, God is the authority over man and the author of life. The second table, parents are the authority over children, the authors of their lives, and the nucleus of society. The first table is the moral law regarding our Heavenly Father in heaven. The second table is the moral law regarding our earthly fathers in the home and the extension of that home in society. Now notice the fourth commandment is the call to consecrate one day for the worship of God. Listen carefully. Remember the Sabbath day. Here's the key. To keep it holy. God placed a great importance in this commandment, and it's the longest. This commandment is the only one where God tells them to remember something. The word remember simply means to recollect, to bring to mind something, information, the past, or or whatever maybe. The thing that God commanded the people of God to remember is the Sabbath. This is the subject. Now, God has just delivered them from Egypt, as you know. And so... Something had to have happened. They had to experience something in connection to this Sabbath. He's telling them, remember. And the word Sabbath simply means to cease, to desist, to rest. This was to be also understood later on in the law with the Sabbath of years, every seven years. Which, by the way, because they didn't let the land rest, they went into captivity. 490 years. Because of greed. Don't miss the connection. We're going to see a work and worship. Work is money. And work usually wins out because of money. And worship suffers. You understand? Real simple. You find that in Leviticus 25 for the sabbatic year. Now, the nation went into captivity because of that, as I said, partly. Not the only reason, but partly. And so now, something happened. What was it? Well, back in Exodus, chapter 16, verse 23 to 30, God had just fed them with manna from heaven, remember? And... They were to go out and grab twice as much Friday evening before the Sabbath. It says this. Then 
he said to them, this is what the Lord said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today and boil what you will boil and lay it up for yourselves, all that remains to be kept until the morning. So they laid it up till the morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor did it become worms or worms in it. Then Moses said, eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. He keeps repeating that. Today you will not find it in the field. And then he goes on, he says that some went out to find some, and they found none, and God got a little mad. This is the Sabbath he's talking about. This is the experience they went through. God fed them from heaven, and he fed them twice as much on Friday so they wouldn't have to worry about Sabbath, right? The Sabbath rest is trusting God to give me sufficient if I'm a steward, right? He's faithful. Later on in the law, Numbers 15, 32, there was a man who went out and gathered sticks on the Sabbath, and they didn't know what to do. They went to the Lord. They put him in holding, and God says, you stone him to death. So they stoned him, and the law was given in Exodus 31, 14 through 15. Whoever breaks the Sabbath was to be stoned to death. Pretty extreme? Well, there's a reason for that. It's the Lord's Sabbath. The Sabbath was a rest day to be kept by all. No exception. The command is also to remember to keep it, and here's the key word, holy. The Sabbath day is holy. The Hebrew word simply means set apart. Consecration, that'd be a good word. Consecrated. The idea is of treating something different from other things that are common, like this day is, is sacred compared to the other six because it belongs to the Lord. And therefore, it is related to the Lord. This is the key, the word holy. God's the only one holy, right? So if this is holy, it must be in relationship to the Lord. And I have to honor it. So consecration, sanctification. Now, you have a dog at home. Fido has a, a bowl, which he eats out of. I, I trust that it's consecrated. He's the only one he's out of it. Maybe not. <laughs> but uh, it's supposed to be. It's very special. It's not a common dish. You don't use that for the guests. I hope not. So there's something honorable, something important that must be commemorated. The Sabbath. The Sabbath was the one day out of the seven in the week that man was to give exclusively to God then for adoration, meditation, and contemplation in God, for demonstrating one's devotion, loyalty, and faithfulness to the only true and living God. If you believe he's the only God, if you believe you can't bow down to idols, if you believe it's, it's, it's bad to take his name in vain, then what you do is you honor the Sabbath, right? You thank him for all that he does. That's what it is. Bowing down in worship and service to him in response of one's love is obedience to the commandment. You can't separate them. And so, for a perpetual declaration of one's honoring God and his name, this is the final commandment. You rest in God. Because he's God, right? <laughs> he created you. Martin Luther claimed the following, quote, To know God is to worship him, and that worship is not an optional extra for the godly person, but an essential symptom or expression of that knowledge. If I understand God's word, it's only the common sense response. Worship in our English language comes from the Saxon word, worship, meaning to worship, which describes the worth of a person or a thing receiving special honor. 
if we conclude this, then we treat that person or object uniquely different from the common others. The word worship in its most basic meaning has the idea of dedication and devotion to a person, a thing that you value more than something else. That act and practice of worship is ascribed to different things in Scripture, to God, to false gods, to man, to different things. The context will tell you what type of worship and to who it's given. Worship is uniquely ascribed to God alone in both the Old and the New Testament, as you know. Moses received the ten words here, or the ten commandments, and he was commanded the first and the second commandment. It deals with worship. The only God and the way to worship. Simple. Jesus refused to give worship to Satan as he was tempted in the wilderness, exclusively given to God in Luke 4, 8. Worship him and only him. No one else. Worship to anyone or anything is idolatry. You can worship your wife, your children, your house, your bank account, yourself. Your God can be in the parking lot taking two stalls. What is the master passion? We are to worship God alone and ascribe worth to Christ, for He is God and eternal life, 1 John 5.20 says. Worship in the Old Testament is very picturesque, as you know, if you've ever read the Old Testament through. The most common word is the word which means to prostrate, to bow down oneself. It is the key posture of man in Scripture with his face to the ground. And the prophets saw God's glory, they face to the ground. We all have seen pagans bow down to their gods. They venerate them. When Moses went to Egypt, Exodus 4, 3, it says, Israel believed the Lord visited them, and they looked on their affliction. Therefore, they bowed their heads and worshipped, giving reverence to God. There's another word in the Old Testament meaning a servant. The idea of being service of every kind. God told Moses in Exodus three twelve, You shall serve God on this mountain. With worship comes service, ladies and gentlemen. You extend yourself as a family. If not, you're unnatural. So we can see that worship is not confined to singing and lifting your hands in church, right? Or just to doing that in itself. That's not worship. Because if you're lifting your hands in worship when we sing these songs, if you're truly worshiping in heart, then what's outward physically is valid. But if you're lifting your hands and saying, oh, man, I can't wait to get out of here. I'm going to go down to Tommy's and, I mean, just that chili berry, isn't that? <laughs> then, then it's a worship of a hot dog, okay, or, or chili bean or something. A little different. Worship in the New Testament is also picturesque. The most common word is proskineo, which means to kiss the hand or the ground. Once again, the idea is prostration, adoration, and worth. The word is used of God, Christ, man, and demons. The context dictates who. John tells us that the angels and the elders around the throne of God in Revelation 7.11. That's an easy one, 7.11. Is their face to the ground worshiping. That's, that's the posture in heaven. That's what it should be on earth. You understand? This word appears the most numerous and what book do you think it is? If I told you, which book of the New Testament do you think worship is most found? In the Word. The book of Revelation. 24 times. The book of Revelation is the worship of Jesus. 
There are other words that mean service, worship, honor, religious homage. Paul puts it this way, using one of them, Romans 12.1. I beseech you by the mercy of God, you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not fashioned to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove that good and perfect will of God. It is your reasonable service, he says there in the middle of the verse. That's the word. Latreia. Service. There is a very obvious unity and connection and identification with the idea of relation between worship and service in the scriptures. They are inseparable. If you worship God, then you will be serving. If you're not serving, then you're missing one of the key elements of worship. And see, we get so stereotyped what worship is. Music, palm back and forth, lifting your hands. No, 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 no. It's only one aspect of worship. The proclamation of the fourth commandment was to set one day apart for the worship of God. Now secondly, 9 and 10, the explanation magnifying the fourth commandment. Notice in verse 9, the fourth commandment must not be detached from the six days for labor. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. God gave to man a prescribed work week. After his example, he created in six, he rested one. Not because he was tired, okay, but because he was finished. Six days of work, one day of rest per week. 24 days of work per month, four days of rest per month. 284 days of work per year, 48 days of rest per year. That's God's prescription. The six and one ratio you find all throughout for the bond servant, for the land, for work week. And many others. Notice God stipulated that all work was to be done in six days. The command implies that the six days would be sufficient time. How often we say, man, I wish I had more time. I've taken on more than I can handle. We don't live in priority, especially our society today. We live in a very fast, irresponsible, and selfish society. We want everything now and We want it for nothing. And then we wonder why we feel 60 years old at 20. Interesting. The command implies that at the end of each six-day work week, there would be plenty of material to give God thanks for on the Sabbath day. The strength he gave you, the wisdom he gave you, the ability to do the work, to provide the work. You understand Notice that due to the physical and material, the proper response is what? The spiritual adoration of God. But sadly, work takes over, and then greed sets in. And it's the worship of money that is the product of work, rather than the proper response of worshiping God for the material he's provided. God designed work as a blessing, by the way, not a curse. (laughs) God created the earth and Adam with physical labor in mind. Listen to Genesis 2.15. Then the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden, and to tend and to keep it. That means to cultivate. To, to, he was to do some work. He wasn't to be just lazy, laying on a hammock, and Eve giving him grapes. Okay? That's not what it was about. The labor certainly was not as tedious as after the fall. Nevertheless, work was part of God's original design. Even prior to the fall, as I mentioned, the only commandment 
that was given to Adam prior to the fall. God declared to Adam that through the fall, he caused the physical labor more difficult by the curse through sin. Listen to Genesis three seventeen through 19. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herbs of the field in the sweat of your face, and you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. From thus you are, and from thus you shall return. It was Adam's doing that brought forth thorns and thistles, and it was a little harder to work. You understand? But work was always part of the design. It's a blessing to work. When I was laid up four and a half months in my living room with a broken neck and my messed up right leg, I just looked out my slider and I said, Lord, give me, be able to get up and dig a hole up there in that hill, put a sprinkler in, let me work. Because I've always worked, all my life. Construction, whatever, it doesn't make any difference. Work's a blessing. People ask me, when are you going to retire? I said, when the Lord takes me to heaven. Why am I going to stop? I'm preaching the gospel? But physical work, even though, even in the fallen state, again, being part of the sign, work honors God by being productive, resourceful, and responsible for one's family. Work was and is to ingratiate man for God, to God for his goodness, his kindness, his loving provision, the care of my body. We both said, oh, I go to the gym, I take vitamins. Listen, if God says, you're in the hospital, you're in the hospital. One little thing goes wrong. You know, your pancreas doesn't produce enough stuff or this and that or your kidneys. You find out how nothing you are. Look at verse 10. The fourth commandment exalts the Sabbath. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your sons, nor your daughters, nor your male servants, your female servants, your cattle, nor the strangers within your gates. So notice the Sabbath day indicated the rest of God as belonging to God alone. Don't miss that right there. It belongs to God. It's God's day. The word but marks the sharp contrast between the six days of work and the one day of rest, Sabbath. The obligation to the Sabbath was due to the personal relationship to God. Here we have these two words again. Your God. Appears four times. Verse 2, 5, 7, 12. And this one is the fifth. Personal relationship. Remember also Yahweh was their God through past covenant with the patriarchs. Moses told them that in Exodus 3.15. Moreover, God said to Moses, you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me to you. And so here you have personal accountability to God. The Sabbath was to be observed by all within the nation of Israel. Don't miss it. Whoever was, came in, either by being proselyte, even if they were there as visitors, they had to rest. The command, notice in verse 10, is repeated for emphasis. In it you shall do no work. The families were to rest, the husband and wife, by the word you. Male, female. The children, nor your sons, nor your daughters. And then, put it in modern vernacular, the employee was to rest also. Nor your male servants, nor your female servants. They were part of the household, but it's a little different today. The livestock was to rest. Nor your cattle, 
the alien was to rest, nor the stranger within your gate. Everybody. Because it's a blessing, not a restriction or a punishment. You understand? Pastor Xavier Reese explaining the blessings received when keeping the Sabbath holy on today's Simple Truths. And there's much more of this message to come next time. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up a copy. And the title you want to ask for is simply, God is to be obeyed for the Sabbath. It's available on CD for only $4. And this might be a study you'd like to pass on to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Now, once again, the title to ask for is, God is to be obeyed for the Sabbath. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com